there, you are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. We just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Nicole. Welcome back to another episode of Integrative Wellness Radio. Uh, So I am here with Sam and we are going to be diving into a topic that kind of piggybacks off of our previous podcast about anxiety. And we're going to be talking about fears and phobias because at the end of the day, when you're dealing with fears and different phobias, it really is a version of anxiety. And all of our fears and phobias, they come into our lives for different reasons or due to different scenarios. And they are something that can definitely tie back to Uh, brain imbalances. And when we talked last week about anxiety, we talked about brain imbalances being one of the primary causes of anxiety. But we talked about it in a little bit more of a broad spectrum. And when it comes to the development of these fears, it could be very, very specific parts of the brain that are either overactive or underactive that play a role in the fears, but also our inability to overcome these fears. So with Sam, she went through a very, very strategic process that allowed her to work through some of the anxiety and fears that she was dealing with um, and overcome it in a natural way. And I think the story is just so inspiring and so significant. And that's why I wanted to have her here to share with all of you. Uh, But I'm going to actually let Sam introduce herself and just talk a little bit about the story and the onset of this phobia that she had for such a long time. Hello, everyone. My name is Sam, and I am the nutritionist and one of the functional medicine practitioners here at Integrative Wellness Group. And my phobia or my fear actually happens to be snakes. Um, I know that for some of you, you might be saying snakes, like they're not that scary or they don't hurt you or anything like that. But when it comes to a phobia, whether it's a spider or a snake or I don't know, whatever the whatever other bug it might be, uh, for the person that has the phobia, it doesn't really seem like it's that small. <laughs> so this phobia started when I was about five years old. Um, I was at a picnic with my family. Um, I don't remember this actually happening, but my parents did tell me the story and told me that ever since the story, the fear um, kind of just stuck with me. Um, I was at a picnic and I was playing around in the woods with my dad and I was throwing up a bunch of twigs, um, just, you know, a little five-year-old having the time of my life in the woods. And as I'm throwing up these twigs, my dad screams the word snakes to me. Um, And ever since then, screamed at the top of my lungs, ran away, ran to my mom. Uh, Ever since then, I've, I've kind of had this phobia that's stuck with me to the point where when I see them, my body just freezes. I I have almost like an anxiety attack and I feel like I can't move. Um, That, um, if I see them on TV, if I see a stuffed animal, um, if I hear the word or even if I say the word. So I know I've come so far when I'm actually able to say the word snakes and uh, say it comfortably without, you know, feeling like I'm having an anxiety attack or feeling like my body's frozen. And I think this is 
really significant what you said is that some people, you know, as an outsider, you can think like, oh, snakes, big deal. Mm -hmm. But I know for me, I didn't even realize the capacity that the phobia or the fear was uh, until we actually had a bark box for, we have two uh, therapy dogs here at our office at Integrative Wellness Group. Mm-hmm. And we had the uh, bark box arrive with toys in it. And one of the toys was a stuffed snake. Yes. And my lovely husband, uh, who is our, our business partner, <laughs> threw it at Sam being funny and she started crying. And we were like, oh my goodness. Everybody was laughing at me. Nobody understood the capacity of the So it was very eye-opening to understand the level of this phobia for her and and many other people. You know, this it it could seem like such a small thing to an outsider, but it's obviously such a significant um, fear to to the person dealing with it. Um, So through this process, um, one of the things that Sam ended up doing is working with Dr. Nick, mm-hmm. um, who threw the snake at her, mm-hmm. <laughs> to work through this phobia. And she's going to talk all about that. But before we actually get into that, um, I think there was some really significant pre-work that you ended up doing here, Sam. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily intentional because... You know, it wasn't that you're like, this fear is completely debilitating my life to the point that like I have to deal with this because I can't function on my day to day. But it was something that ended up coming up in conversation because it's almost like you just learn to live your life around the phobia. Yeah. You know, you just... That's exactly what I did. I would avoid them at all costs. I would not want to go hiking because there was this thought that there might be a snake in the woods. Um, I didn't want to do things like that. And, you know, my friends would always ask me, like, let's go hiking. Let's go to this place. Let's go here. And I'm like, but what if there's snakes there? Like, I don't want to go there. So I wasn't really living my life the way that I would like to because of the phobia. Yeah. And it was just an adaption that you made. And Mm -hmm. it was the fear was from such a young age. So you're just Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, this is kind of it for me. Yeah. Um, So as you went through the process of actually, um, you know, embarking on care here at IWG, you (laughs) did testing. And I remember that being a very big (laughs) surprise to you. So I'll let you elaborate more on that story. Yeah. So when I started working here, I wanted to, you know, go through some of the testing to see what the patients experience. And I kind of walked into the appointment with you like, there's nothing that's going to be wrong with me. I feel great. And then I did a lot of my testing and I was very shocked to see the amount of inflammation that was going on in my body and the fact that there was a lot of toxicity and it was just became my normal. All of the symptoms that I had, I had no symptoms, but they were my normal. So I participated in, you know, a lot of the saunas and the treatment therapies that we have in the spa to lower the inflammation and eventually rolled into something that we do here called neurofeedback. And in my initial brain map, um, it actually showed that there were a lot of imbalances in the brain, one specifically uh, showing that I was leaning towards depression, which was pretty significant to see because I, I've never, you know, felt sad. I've, I've never had any symptoms that I thought at least were leading me to depression. So that was a big eye opener for me to see that originally. So 
when I started going through, you know, the neurofeedback process, I started feeling, you know, happier. I started smiling a lot. Not that I didn't feel good in the past, but I just felt like, you know, I was happier. I was smiling. Everybody was asking me why I was smiling so much. And then um, I went through my first 20 sessions and I felt so good. I wanted to go through another 20 sessions. And then every single time when you work on something in the brain and you work on some of these imbalances, it's, it's normal for it to create more imbalances or other imbalances. So my sleep was better, my energy was better, my concentration was better, but I started getting a little bit more anxiety, which makes sense because if you're working on, you know, the underactive part of the brain and you're making it more overactive, it can naturally create some anxiety. So when this was happening, I actually started getting... Um, nightmares about my phobia um so that was coming up a lot uh, i started getting more nightmares and more nightmares so that's when i seeked some help from dr nick to see what we can do to work on the phobia and i do find the the journey to be kind of interesting as well because in reality when we go through either trauma or we go through loss or we we deal with some type of fear or phobia um it's all about timing when it comes to working on it or healing from mm-hmm. that or or balancing that out. It's not that, you know, we're always just able to work through some of those layers. And, you know, with your journey, just first really balancing some of the physiological parts of your system and getting rid of some of the inflammation that can mm-hmm. affect our brains and affect us, you know, in a negative way, and then being able to work on some of those brain imbalances through the neurofeedback, then for you to see so much improvement, but then this lingering piece Mm -hmm. was really, really showing its face. It's almost like, you know, the timing was right. Your, your body was finally ready to deal with it. So, you know, sometimes when you look at things like this, you can look at them as a, as a negative, you can look at it like, oh my gosh, you know, I have all these benefits, but my fear is so much worse. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just presenting itself because your, your body and your mind is finally ready to, to deal with it. I feel like in a way it it was my body saying, I'm, I'm ready to, you know, let's do something about this fear because it is causing, you know, a lot of things in my life, not being able to do some things that I love. So I think that it was almost a way of my body saying, now I'm ready to, you know, work on this phobia, work on this fear. Yeah. And I, I think that was, you know, just such interesting um pattern with that uh but what would you say um i guess what would you say was the biggest thing from dr nick that helped you the most um because i know that once the anxiety started to kick in and you felt that readiness to work Mm -hmm. on it you know he was the first person that you consulted with and you know what was the feedback? Like, what was the strategy, essentially? So, Dr. Nick thought that I wasn't afraid of the actual animal, that I was afraid of the story. Because when he asked me about it, obviously I was five years old, I don't remember that story. I don't remember being in the woods with my dad, with my family. Um, it was so long ago, and I don't even remember bits and pieces of it, but ever since then, I, I just have this phobia. And my parents told me the story, so... He thought that I was afraid of the story. So what he, his technique was to recreate the story and to recreate the story where I would not be afraid of the snakes. So 
it was very comical in that appointment that day. But what we did was we recreated the story to be that I was in the woods at a picnic with my family. And I was jumping around and throwing up um, a lot of different gummy worms, sour gummy worms to be specific. <laughs> and I'm throwing up these gummy worms and I'm dressed like Goofy and my dad's dressed like Mickey Mouse and there's like rainbow trees around us and it's just a big happy place. And, you know, my dad screams, um, he screams that I need to get out of the gummy worms because I'm going to get diabetes, which I thought was pretty comical because I'm a nutritionist and I wouldn't want to get diabetes. So he tells me that I need to get out because I'm going to get diabetes. And I got scared and I jumped away from the, from the uh, gummy worms because I was going to get diabetes. So I said this to myself every single morning when I woke up and every single night before I went to bed with my eyes closed, cracking up hysterically why I'm saying this because I'm picturing this happening. And as I'm, am I cracking up yeah, right now. <laughs> and I'm saying this over and over again while doing a tapping sequence on different meridian points. So I did this for about two weeks and that was step one to kind of uh, recreate the story to be something that was funny and not so much fear. And there is so much science that goes into this as well. Um, it might seem, you know, from an audience perspective that this was like a really silly exercise, but exactly like Sam said, is that he was meeting her where she was at with her value system as well. And what I mean by that is, you know, we all value certain things, hence that dictates a lot of our decisions and a lot of our behaviors in life. Mm -hmm. So for Sam, embarking on all of her higher education being nutrition and then embarking on a career in nutrition, it is one of her deepest values, not only for her to encompass proper nutrition, but also for her to influence the lives of others. So um, not becoming a diabetic um, is completely <laughs> against scared of being diabetic. <laughs> completely against all of her values. So not only was he tapping into her highest values and creating a linking system, which actually goes back down to the foundations of something called the Demartini method, which is a method that we offer here at Integrative Wellness Group. But in addition to that, he was also using a lot of um, neuro-linguistic programming as well as neuroplasticity. So he was helping with tapping into visual centers um, as well as kinesthetic, meaning how did the situation make her feel, had her visualizing to bring in the visual component, and then also had her saying these um saying the story out loud to bring in the auditory piece as well so you're actually tapping into various parts of the brain and various parts of the sensory system in order to do this type of neuroplasticity which is literally reprogramming different pathways in the brain so this is really going so, so deep into um, different centers of the brain and different reprogramming of the brain. So uh, again, as silly as it may sound, there is a ton of science and validity behind the whole entire process. But like we said before, you know, we don't know how receptive her brain and her body would have been to this if there wasn't 
um, balance, more balance that was yeah. created through the neurofeedback. Because it was showing up so underactive. There was no part of, parts of my brain that were actually showing up more overactive. Everything was actually underactive prior to doing the neurofeedback. And that's what she meant by saying that her brain was almost exhibiting signs of depression because mm-hmm. it was so underactive, which really has a lot to do with the inability to produce certain neurotransmitters. Um, which most likely actually stemmed from your history with the lab findings. Because if you if you mind for me to disclose, yeah. but um, Sam ended up having uh, Lyme uh, Lyme's disease in her system, and she never had that textbook joint pain, can't get out of bed um, situation. But she had it in her system, and it was actually living in her lymph nodes. And it wasn't necessarily super active, but it was almost creating low-grade stress on her body. And part of it was it was affecting her detox pathways, Mm -hmm. and it was also creating some low-level neurological inflammation. So close to the brain. Exactly. Because a lot of it was living in the lymph nodes of her neck. Mm -hmm. So when she started started her detox process, she came in and she's like, I don't think my lymph nodes are okay. (laughs) And her... They were very swollen because <laughs> her body was finally releasing some of the things it's been holding on to. So it's just so interesting. And I, I think for both of us, we can safely say that the body really amazes us on a daily basis. And the manifestation of different conditions, it's never one thing. Mm-mm. It's always an array. Um, the body is so good at adapting and and bouncing back, but also hiding things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for, with that being said, it's not that, you know, Lyme's disease has to be a super scary thing, but if you understand where it is and how it's affecting the person, you can actually help the person to eradicate it out. But, you know, most importantly is when you have a diagnosis like that, something like Lyme or something infectious, we usually go on this antibiotic killing spree and get it out of the body, and then we call it a day. But obviously for Sam's situation, the work wasn't really done there. It was, yes, she was able to flush this bacteria out of her lymph nodes and and heal the integrity of the lymph nodes and her immune system, but there was already residual effects on the brain. Yeah, there was already, the damage has already been done, you could say, I guess. Um, So even after the first initial... um, tactic with Dr. Nick of doing more of the recreating the story. Um, after those two weeks, I actually moved into doing more of the Demartini method. So he had me write down a bunch of different reasons why I was not grateful for the phobia and then a bunch of reasons why I was grateful for the phobia. And I kind of looked at him like he was crazy because I'm like, why am I grateful for this phobia? Like, there's no way that I'm actually grateful for having this. Like, I'm scared when I see them. Like, I just don't understand. So it was actually really difficult to sit down and write reasons why I was grateful that I had the phobia. And the more that I thought about it and a light bulb actually kind of went off in my brain, it made sense because... When you have phobias or when you have things that you're scared of in life, it actually challenges you. So yes, I am not grateful because I have this phobia that is not letting me go hiking with my friends or spend more time outside or want to start a garden or, or whatever you may say. But at the same time, it's building strength and building courage because if I do go hiking, then that's 
creating more of a balance within my brain. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the Demartini method is it's always showing every side of things that we perceive as being really, really negative. And, you know, the the most significant thing about Demartini and his method is that everything is always in balance. And that really also comes back to the basic principles of physics is everything is in balance and nothing is created nor destroyed. So when you actually take those um, principles and you apply them to our uh, perceptions and you apply them to our traumas and you reply them to our judgments, it is really, really magical what um, realization can come out of it, but also the level of feeling so at peace with these events that we've held onto in a negative way for so long. Yeah, and when that happened, after I went through that Demartini method part, the next step, I actually woke up the next day feeling like almost like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. Um, I actually woke up and and wrote a blog about the entire experience and said the word over and over again, said snakes over and over again, wrote it, reread, made sure that my proofreading was good, did the grammar stuff. I saw that word over and over again and I felt good about it. Which is huge. So that kind of brings me to my next question (laughs) is, you know, just if you were to sum it up like from where you were to where you are now. And, you know, also like words of wisdom for our listeners that maybe are dealing with these fears or phobias. Like any words of wisdom would be fantastic. You don't have to live with your phobia. That's pretty much the summary to it. I mean, for the longest time, I thought I had to live with it. I would, like I said, not do things that, you know, I love to do. I love to be outside. I love to be in nature. And I just... I was always, I always had that thought. Um, I actually felt like, you know, recently, a lot of times snakes would just be popping up out of nowhere. Like I would turn on the TV at the exact moment. I would, you know, uh, we were in San Diego and we were at the beach and we saw some guy with his snake right in front of me. And I was like, we are at the beach. Why do you have a snake? Like, I just felt like they were coming up in the most random places. And I, it was just my body's way of telling me that, you know, you need to do something about this. And you know, from where I was before I started, I couldn't even say the word. I couldn't look at a stuffed animal. Um, I wouldn't say that the, you know, if I see a snake, I wouldn't jump backwards. I mean, who wouldn't if you see something like yeah, that? Of if you course. see a spider, you might jump backwards. But I definitely can comfortably say that I don't have the phobia anymore, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and just knowing you and seeing your progress, like, it, it is pretty significant going from a uh, crying because of a stuffed snake to um, not even really being phased by by it is, is just so significant. So, But we thank you so much for sharing your story. I think this is going to be really inspirational to so many others. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you listening and you're really resonating with this and want to understand a little bit more about some of the things we talked about today, like the neurofeedback or even um, the Demartini method and some of these other neurological processes that Sam went through, uh, definitely check out our website, integrativewellnessgroup.com. But for those of you that have even more questions, uh, jump on a call with one of our client services team. We do these free 15-minute strategy calls, which is just so amazing for us to get to know you and also just tell you more in depth about some of the things that we do here. So check us out and we will see you next week. Hope you enjoyed it.